Hesedim is a series of reflection, usually reflecting on an issue in the society in the light of the words of scripture. You're welcome to join us each time and to send your questions or comments by way of a voice note. Look forward to hearing you and speaking with you. When the airplane was first invented, it was assessed to be the ultimate military weapon. A superior air fleet in battle proved decisive in the outcomes of military campaigns. Over time, with the development of the commercial airliners, the, com the airplane has proven to be a most valuable commercial, cultural, and developmental asset. In fact, the commercial aircraft has proven to be something of a bridge industry, joining continents, islands, and cultures. Spaces that were thought unbridgeable by reason of their distances from each other, or by the span of ocean between them, or any number of other factors like gaps in development, language, or climate, have been made readily accessible by commercial airlines. Knowledge has increased, cultural distances bridged to the enormous economic advantage because flights are available. Those who are the inventors and owners of movers and shakers of the commercial airline industry have recognized its potential uh, the potential of commercial air travel to obviate the development gaps between rich and poor, powerful and powerless, and discriminated against and marginalized over against those that are mainstreamed. The same thing was thought likely some time ago about the development of the electronic media at the outset, and again about the development of the internet or the information highway. The structure of things as they are in the systems that run the world want to keep poorer nations poor and keep those that run the world unassailably in their positions of power. In order to prevent the catalytic development that stood to overcome and obviate development gaps between nations, restrictions or obstacles were put in place. In the case of the commercial travel industry, money, the cost of airline tickets are the primary obstacles. Not everybody can afford to fly everywhere. In the case of broadcasting, access to the use of frequencies or operating licenses is highly restricted. And in terms of the information highway, there are firewalls created that can only be breached by access to relevant passwords. The view is that these powerful tools like media, the internet, or airline travel have relatively restricted access to them. The power is that we know that at the base of the universe, there is a trampled upon, oppressed, and exploited population that has 
however, remained indomitable in its belief in the ideals bent to the maintenance of their dignity and opportunity for their economic self-empowerment. There is both an indomitability and a bent resistance among the masses of the people that must be curtailed at all costs. This indomitability and bent to the resistance among the people, however implacable the barriers or restrictive the access, was brought home to me once again as I made my way this week back to Africa to continue my stint as university lecturer in Zambia. My career, my carrier was the flagship Ethiopian airline. I had made my way through Miami to 30 degrees weather and six inches of snow in Washington, D.C., and was now en route to Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. We were about to start a descent into Addis Ababa when one of the passengers took the purser's tool in hand and began to address the airline filled with passengers. We were on board a Boeing 777-300 aircraft, one of the largest in the Ethiopian airline fleet, and every seat was taken. So there were approximately 400 passengers and crew on board. DJ Fatsu said his name. He is DJ Fatsu, making a mockery of his own body weight. He has been a DJ, he said, for 27 years in Ethiopia. There stood an enormous man who was speaking Amharic. He was huge. It is hard to describe an Ethiopian man or woman as huge, but this one was just that. By my estimate, about 350 pounds or 175 kilograms in body weight. He was delivering a prepared speech from a, hand, from a typewritten document. He spoke highly of Prime Minister of Ethiopia, Abiy. Ahmed, whom he described as the Nobel Laureate Prime Minister. This is referencing the Nobel Peace Prize he received for forging peace with Eritrea. It was not hard to discern that DJ Fatsu was a government supporter. He described the media coverage of the ongoing conflict in the north of Ethiopia between Tigray rebels and the government forces as unfortunate and one-sided painting an improper picture and he appeared to suggest that they, the media, were getting international backing to undermine the duly elected government of Ethiopia and painting a picture which exaggerates the power and accomplishment of the TPLN forces. So far he described TPLN as a terrorist organization. He ever said that TPLN has managed to cause circumstances in which thousands have been injured and displaced in the north of Ethiopia. He was using the soapbox of a captive set of airline passengers to invite support and solidarity with the displaced peoples and inviting the passengers to make financial contribution to the government for their aid. I had not thought of a commercial airline as a soapbox before. Some things were running across my mind. One of them was the fact that he was asking the stewardesses to collect the donations, which seemed to imply that he was receiving approval from higher authorities. Why would they allow 
access to the onboard microphone usually reserved for the use of the person. We were 40,000 feet above sea level, but I thought, what if the Tigray forces got wind that the Ethiopian airline was taking sides in this conflict? What reprisal might they take? The other thing that struck me was the resonance between the DJ and the passengers. While he spoke in Hamaric, Amharic, they broke out in spontaneous applause repeatedly. They continued the applause when he switched to English. Any doubt I had about what this was rubbished was rubbished by one thing. The DJ announced the purse he had collected from his brief intervention. He had collected from the passengers on board twelve thousand two hundred and fifty US dollars, one hundred pounds sterling, fifty euros and 20 Canadian dollars. He said that it was $1,000 more than they had collected the previous day. So it was actually a financing campaign. I later learned that the hashtag of the campaign, no more, was what was used at a rally in Addis Ababa, in which thousands chanted no more. The people who marched in Addis that day were demanding that the government not honor the rebels in Tigray with any further negotiations with them. The no more was also demanding that the USA and the international media discontinue their support of the rebel forces and their undermining of the legitimate, legitimately elected government of Ethiopia. However, the phrase no more or no mas in Spanish was used by Roberta Duran in 1980 Duran was from Panama and he was he and Sugar Ray Leonard shared the welterweight boxing championship. There was a total of three boxing matches to determine whether Leonard or Duran was the ultimate champion. The Namas phrase was invented by the American media. Duran blamed announcer Howard Purcell for the phrase, for the comment attributed to him on the basis of which the referee called the fight and awarded a technical knockout decision to Glenard in the eighth round of the second match. Duran had been the popular champion of the people of Panama in the days when Spanish was the language of the oppressed. He was called hands of stone. As with all contests involving Americans and people from other countries, they are regarded by Americans not as a contest between competing athletes, but as a proxy battle to prove American superiority over everyone else. In that context for the legendary hands of stone, as Duran was regarded by the people of Panama, and perhaps everyone else, Repeating the words no mass in the context was a shameless surrender and it broke the spirits of the Panamanian people and oppressed people all over the world. When the words no more were repeated in Addis on Thursday, it was meant as defiance and resistance and standing up to the bully using its favorite tool, the Wida Et Camp. Uh, divide and conquer. 
to which the people on the ground stood resolute. And the people in the year gave 15,000 US dollars generously of their own hard-earned money in the show of solidarity. Ethiopia is regarded by many Jamaicans as the motherland. It is the place of Haile Selassie who was the first, one of the oldest cities in Africa and the highest above sea level. There is a place there that any Jamaican can make their residence a shamani. Addis Ababa is a city at once ancient and progressive. It is full of concrete buildings, both single home residences and skyscrapers. It is home to many people, but not overcrowded. And obviously, the people of Ethiopia are among the proudest and most resilient in Africa and the world. Namaz, no more, was standing off, was a standoff, and a standing up to the apocalyptic dragon from the sea. What my takeaway at the start of 2022 in Jamaica is what are the things for which we would stand resolute and resist and insist no more, not as surrender but as defiance? What will it take for us to take a stand against pernicious violence and murder or even COVID? What are the things for which we would put our money where our mouth is in solidarity, both with those who fight against wrong and with those that are the victims of the wrongdoing of others. What will it take, whether on the ground or in the air, for us to band together and say, no mass, no more? It struck me that 30 years ago, there was a famine in Ethiopia and the children died of starvation by their hundreds. The world saw images of the suffering in Ethiopia and performing artists in the USA, many legends, some among the finest performers in the world at the time, got on stage and produced the now famous USA for Africa album. We are the world. There comes a time when we heed a certain call, when we all must stand together as one. This time around, with the contrivances fabricated in Tigray, in Ethiopia. It is the common people. It is their artists standing together and insisting no more, not in our name. They do not care about political correctness. They do not accept boundaries that tell them to stay in their lane. They are standing up. They are speaking up. It is our time to say no mass, no more in Jamaica. It is our time also. Amen.